name is Open Mike Eagle. Good afternoon. This is Secret Skin. On this episode of the show, we have an interview with my good friend, the very talented Mega Ran. He's a rapper of the Nerdcore variety. Speaking of nerds, I was performing in San Diego a couple days ago. It was a Comic-Con adjacent. I wasn't part of the festivities, but I was performing down there quite close to them. It was fun, man. Uh, Hannibal was down there. He jumped up and did Doug Stamper with me on stage. It was a treat and a surprise. Performed in a dive bar. It's my favorite place to perform. I guess that one is now, since I said dive bar. I didn't say a specific one. I said a dive bar. So now that one's my favorite. And I'm never going to go again. I was driving back up from San Diego. Hold on, let me cue this up, right? Tour story. Oh, shit. So, yeah, you know, I was driving back up from San Diego, and it's like a a two-hour drive without traffic. And I was hitting some traffic, and I found myself kind of feeling okay with being in traffic. Like I wasn't angry about it. The traffic was a little comforting. The reason why is that I wanted to be late coming back. And why would I want to be late coming back from San Diego? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I would have wanted this commute. I can use commute, right? I was for work, or it was for work. I didn't want to be on time because I had a piano lesson scheduled for the next morning. And I did this thing I do sometimes where I go to bed around three and I'm like counting the hours until checkout. Like, uh, okay, checkout's 11. This leaves me with eight entire hours. And then my body's like, it's eight o'clock, time to get up. And I can't go back to sleep. And I was kind of hungover. But I'm driving back, and I kind of knew I was going to miss this lesson because I scheduled it the day after a San Diego show in the morning. That's not usually what you do when you actually want to go to something. And since I kind of knew I wasn't going, I didn't really practice all week. Not that I practiced much more anyway. But I was doing this thing where I was calling my teacher and telling him that I was going to be late, which I knew I was going to do but he was like he might stick around and wait for me which is like the scariest thing you could say so I I could show up late and he's been waiting for me and I haven't practiced at all so I'm like come on traffic And I started wondering, man, like, why am I still taking piano? It's been like a year now. Probably about as long as I've been doing a podcast. And I'm like, 
pretty terrible still. I don't really practice. And and really what uh, taking piano is for me is like this weekly uh, anxiety-inducing event. Like I needed more of those. It's like it's albatross. It's like, Michael, why aren't you practicing? Because I want to, you know, make rap music and eat and breathe and parent, you know. But I figure I should know some stuff about, you know, music theory since I make... I make music for a living, so I took it. I'm really not that good, though. I really kind of suck. Here, I'll play something for you. This is a... This is a song I wrote. the bridge oh so sad it's tragic la 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 I can't play piano yeah so that's me playing a thing I wrote that's really like the best thing I can do for a year it's kind of like tinker around with that madness it doesn't help me out none can't make rap music out of that I could I've tried doesn't go well oh I can do this one other thing let me show you this one other thing I can do that's right I can improvise on the blues scale (laughs) I think I'm Thelonious Monk. now okay okay we can cut this out that would be like really cool uh, and very helpful if it was like 1947 what has this dance those are like the two things I've learned in a year well actually no I wrote one so it's not quite like I learned it I should stick with it. I should also practice. I should also have a savings account. And I should also donate blood. And I should also recycle. I should really also recycle. Anyway. I waited him out. But now I have a, a, a makeup lesson tomorrow. So I've been aggressively shittily practicing for two days now. 
just might not much of a tour story. Story. Oh shucks. Like I made that family friendly. I do too. Speaking of tour stories, I'm gonna be in um in Chicago at the Wicker Park Festival. I'm gonna be in Minneapolis. I'm gonna be in Madison, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Iowa City, Iowa, and Grand Rapids, Michigan very soon. Check out my dates at mikeeagle.net. You can also send me an email to there. And you can also send me an email to omebooking at gmail.com. And I want you to tell me things about this show. Any kind of thing you want. I also want you to rate it and review it on your iTunes box. Review it on your iTunes box. On your motherfucking iTunes box. Uh, no prize to whoever can name where the sample came from. The coolest thing would be if you knew though, and it didn't say nothing. Cause it's cooler to know stuff and not shout it out when somebody asks you. This isn't that much like Jeopardy. Anyway. There's a secret radio hour, and this is it. You know, I was thinking about um, when I showed up to your place. We're with uh, with Megan Rand, aka Random. Hey, uh, the first tour we went on. Yeah, and I showed up to your place. <laughs> With this tiny vehicle, with, I, you know it's funny because I bought that same vehicle. Like I have a Ford Fiesta, and it's because I fell in love with that car on that tour. Seriously, absolutely, I love driving it, and 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 I could love it because I didn't have to sit anywhere else. In the car. Uh, yeah, um, it's only built for comfort for one. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, so yeah, I showed up, and I didn't know how you played your shows. So first of all, I didn't know you were bringing DJ. Yeah, and second of fun. all, I didn't know that your DJ was bringing. An entire turntable case. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole back seat was him and that, basically. Yeah. And I don't then, know how we made that happen. I remember looking at the car and saying, this is not happening. So, yeah, because it was the three of us, his turntable case, which is like a coffin. It's literally a coffin, yeah. Um, all our merch and all our luggage <laughs> to be out like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It was stuffed. Now, yeah. we ended up switching and getting an SUV, I think, in Seattle somewhere. We did. We were <laughs> like, all right, we got to upgrade. We got to the cramps were uh, were too much to bear. Like I'm already, you know, I'm already in the hole of my credit anyway. I might as well be comfortable. You know what I mean? <laughs> might, as might as well. well. <laughs> yeah, you can't put a price on comfort, man. See, I mean, you you tour a lot. I mean, I tour pretty you decent. You tour a lot. I think you tour more than me. Nah. I feel like I think you do. Like you're on tour right now. No, you're not. Did you play this a show a last weekend. night? Yeah. Then you're kind of on tour, right? No. It's okay. not the same. Why do you need to downplay it? <laughs> um, okay, I don't need downplay it. Um, this is just a weekend LA week LA excursion okay. that happens to have a show involved. Okay, but I am between two tours, so right. And you ain't home, and I'm not home. So you on tour? <laughs> All right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm on tour. Okay. <laughs> That sounds like the way you have to talk about things so that your uh so that your your lady doesn't get too upset that you're on the road too much. You kinda have to like <laughs> This isn't a tour. <laughs> that was that's not a visiting tour. some friends <laughs> who want to hear me rap. <laughs> They're paying me. You know <laughs> they want to pay before. It's it. not here. <laughs> but um 
I mean, you just came back from Europe. I did, like, two days ago. I, you know, I wonder, because what you do uh, as Mega Ran uh-huh. is very um, video game oriented. Mostly, Mostly, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and from at least what I can tell, very, like, American video game oriented. I guess. Yeah. It seems like Europe, though, they got a lot of the same. They got all the same games we Okay. Did. They would occasionally change a title name because it was too violent. <laughs> like, uh, you remember Contra? Yeah. They don't call it Contra. What do they call it? It's called uh, Probotector. See, it should be called that. It should just be called that. <laughs> so they pretend that the dudes are robots. So they're, when they're getting shot, it's like, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's tight. Robots. That's tight. It also explains why they look the same, except their pants were two different colors. The, the good old palette swap, we exactly. call it. <laughs> no face. Before Ken and Ryu, there was Mad Dog and Cobra. Or no, is Wait, it Cobra? Was that the names for real? Mad Dog and something. I'll make a joke on stage where I don't know their names. Like, Red Contra Guy, Blue Contra Guy. Yeah. And then somebody in the crowd always goes, Joe and Mac or yeah. Bill and Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Double Dragon, Billy and Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy and Jimmy. Blue, Blue Red, Jimmy. Billy, Jimmy. I think that's... The game standard. That's like everything, man. It's like Bloods and Crips. Yeah. It's like Wigs and Tories or something. I don't know. It's like <laughs> from the beginning of time. It's Red Why versus Blue. It's opposite. That doesn't even make any sense. They not. Yeah, they probably shouldn't be opposite. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I think we just solved racism. We did. Everybody's just purple. There we go. Yeah. I like that. I know you do. I can tell by your <laughs> nodding. <Purple. laughs> We're all purple. So, I mean, what is... What is the Mega Ran story? Mega Ran was created in the year uh, 1990X. No, um, that's the game story. But uh, 2007, um, after releasing one album, um, I then decided to kind of switch gears and try something different. And um, as Random, um, which was the name I used to record under... Uh, and I decided to jump into the character of Mega Man mm-hmm. and uh, create a hip-hop experience around that game. I don't really know what happened. I swear it was not drug-induced. <laughs> it was just... Honestly, I was tired of traditional rap, and I was just kind of tired of tradition in general. Okay. And um, I didn't even want to rap anymore, and so I wanted to try something new. How long had you been rapping as random before you made that decision? Huh. Probably since the mid-'90s. Okay, so like what... How long of a span did that turn out to be? Um, about eight, nine years. Okay. I wasn't like releasing records, but just kind of freestyling, open mic, and, and just going As random. As random, yes. Okay. And, um, and then after the first record, I, I then decided to try just to try something new. I would go into a side project, very inspired by, you know, guys like MF Doom, mm-hmm. uh, Dell, and yeah. the, you know, the, the whole recreation kind of thing. And it um, inspired me to try some video games, and it was Mega Man. And so I called the album Mega Ran. Um, little did I know people would sort of misinterpret this and begin to call me Mega Ran when that was just the name of the album. Oh, so, so it, was, it was Random's album and then the title of the album was Mega Ran. Correct. Okay, I didn't know that either. Yeah, that, that's real. And so it kind of became, it's so weird, like the name just then started to wrap around me and become me. Yo, we make it bubble, man. I don't want no trouble, man. I'm just here to flow it. Make it rock like a next fan. Heard you sold a couple grand. Dog, we're still struggling. Guess I got a couple fans. Got a lot of love for them. So gotta make it dumb for them. Brothers just don't understand. That's the life of Brother Rain. Microphone in one hand. Conscious on the other hand. Telling me to love a man. Put the fans on a jam. Hooked up some Mega Man. But we ain't a cover band. 80s babies understand. It's part of the culture fan. I ain't gonna soldier, man. Batman, Medallion, Gazelle, Shades. I love it, man. Like we made a covenant. But don't 
to the government. Capcom suit around, probably couldn't cover it. Free 99, the whole world discovered So you made a decision to uh, embrace the character of Mega Man and the Mega Ram project was born. And uh, how did it become the thing? Well, it became the thing after, once I released it, uh, this was like the MySpace era, and um, put it out, and I was really afraid of legal action, so I created a separate MySpace page, and my plan was to keep this a total secret, and right. they would exist as two different people, Mega Ran and Random. And um, then IGN, which is a huge video game mm -hmm, site, mm -hmm. got a hold of the album and did a review on it. Oh, that's tight. And I was like, wow, they've never even reviewed any of my other stuff. So... And they were doing, you know, traditional music reviews as well. And so they reviewed it. And then that same maybe day or two later, I got a message in my, my MySpace inbox. And it was this big C as the, as the profile picture. And I knew it was the Capcom C. And um, this dude's like, hey, man, we want to talk to you about this Mega Man rap album you made. Uh oh. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk to y'all about this. <laughs> and um, and I, I knew the guy knew that this was, this was going to be scary to me. Because he, he just proceeded to make it even more scary by skipping a bunch of spaces in the email and then putting like, don't worry, it's not a cease and desist. So he's Smiley like trolling face. you, dude. Totally trolling me. That's whack. <laughs> you can't do that when you have all the power. You, you know, know what, what I mean? mean? <laughs> you can't scare people. That's no, not that's, cool. That's not nice at all. So he put me in a, a like, I was, I was so scared. And uh, then he kind of eased my fears and said, I work for this company called Capcom Unity. And Unity is a community-based uh, side project of Capcom. And they were really ahead of, the, uh, ahead of the field on stuff like that because they were trying to get artists to, um, artists like people who drew, people who made music. I'm going to pause for a photo real quick. You don't have to pause. Keep talking. Okay. Uh, oh, natural. Oh, yeah. There's no photo happening. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had, um, they were like, this is fan art. And I was like, it is? I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> this is totally fan art. I'm not yeah, stealing so from Legally, that's what it is. <laughs> this is totally fan art. And uh, I, was, I was really excited about that. And they were like, man, we, we shine light on people who, uh, who use our, our stuff and create things about it. So we got Mega Man beads up here. Somebody drew a Mega Man cake. Somebody did a Mega Man this. And now we got a Mega Man rap album. Let's, mm. We're going to put it up on our site. And I was like, yeah, yeah, do that. And... Um, and uh, they did that. We did a cool interview on the site. And um, a, a Comic-Con was happening in San Diego about three weeks later. And they were like, hey, you know what? This is getting a lot of attention. Why don't we have you come out to Comic-Con and be mm. a special guest? You sit at a table. You sign stuff. You talk to fans. I was like, whoa, okay, cool. So they gave me a Comic-Con badge, and I went to Comic-Con. Which might not have happened if I was still in Philadelphia. I didn't mention that that I was I moved from Philadelphia to Phoenix, and um, so I was only you know five six hours away. It made that much easier to happen. Um, so yeah, next thing you know, I'm I'm in Capcom's good graces. Things are going well, and then a movie emailed me, which is called. And I think about this every time I listen to your podcast. What's it? Because this movie is called Second Skin. Ah, okay. And I get it totally mixed up every, every time. So, Second Skin is about video game addiction oh. and about how so people about like create second their life. second life okay. inside of these uh, games. Second Life, uh, Warcraft, stuff like that. So, they wanted to use my song, a song I did called Grow Up, which used a Mega Man's theme. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that because I don't own this stuff. 
And he was like, oh, you just got to get a license. And I was like, it sounds right. like lawyer talk. Exactly. I don't want to mess with that. And uh, they were like, don't worry. We got a lawyer. Our lawyer is going to talk to Capcom. We'll make it happen. And so lawyer dude apparently was talking to Capcom. I went about my life still doing my thing, trying to stay below the radar. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I get an email from Capcom. And I'll never forget the title. It's, um, it says, Capcom's blessing for Mega Ran comes through or something like that. That's tight. And it was this long email. It was like, fill out the form here and you have a $0 worldwide exclusive license to use Capcom's music however you'd like. And it was mainly because they wanted it in the film. So, uh, so yeah, I became the first rapper officially licensed by Capcom. Mm -hmm. Is there a second? Um, I think it's Lil Wayne, honestly. Seriously? <laughs> You know what? Oh, Capcom I did notice sponsored that they did the Street Fighter. That Street Fighter, like it uh, could be Lil Wayne and Drake. Yeah, mm -hmm. ain't that something? So you're a hell of a trailblazer, man. I will you're be, first, and then Wayne and Drake. <laughs> I will be the answer to a trivia question. Who is the third guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's the other dude? Um, no, nah, but uh, yeah. So that's what happened, and um, since then, like. I don't know. Once the word got out, like I started playing more shows as far as like comic conventions, mm -hmm. video game conventions, um, in addition to traditional rap shows and tours. So it, it opened up a new door for me that I didn't even know was there. And that door opened into something called Nerdcore. Right. And uh, and I, I didn't know it happened, you know. And and, uh, and me and Nerdcore were apparently operating parallel for a mm -hmm. little while. And then we crossed paths at South by Southwest. I met MC Front a lot. Yeah. In uh, 08 and, or maybe 09. When the film was premiering, his film was premiering. Nerdcore Rising. Nerdcore Rising. And uh, I was like, wow, okay. So I got a chance to talk to him. And and um, since then, you know, that, that's kind of been the, the road that is, that that's gone on. Typical Sunday night and I can't sleep. Thinking about the coming week and all the promises I can't keep. Cause there ain't enough seconds in a minute, minutes in the hour. I was in the day for work when I want to play. My lady thinking I don't show her respect. But she don't know that I got games I haven't opened up yet. Now that's love. Every Thursday I'm cooped in a pack club. Praying this ain't the day that one of them act up. And throw a bottle on stage, rolling under my foot. Calls in the fall, caught on tape that gets hundreds of looks on YouTube. Got screws loose, running like second hands. Then I get home and realize I didn't do my lesson. Where you're at now, is there a difference in the persona of Random and the persona of Mega Ran? I think there used to be, and um, I realized that it's not smart or uh, or easy to explore both of them separately as an independent artist. How did, how did they used to be separate? Um, I used to create music as Random that was more... Uh, for lack of a better word, uh, traditional, soulful, hip-hop style music. Well, I wish I could get the backpack rap. hand gestures. The I hand wish I could put that were, in the podcast. That was in it, man. It was <laughs> Swimming through the soul. That was a gif in the making right there. You missed your opportunity. Um, so, yeah, it was much more of a traditional, soulful type of style of record when I was random. And that was kind of purposely. As Mega Ran, I would explore different sides of either video game characters or just my overall nerdy side. Right. You know, and so and then I realized that so much of that stuff ran together mm. that it just wasn't, you know, it didn't make any sense for me to try to separate them, at least like forcefully try. Plus, I'm a broke independent artist. There's no reason 
to try to brand yourself twice. Right, to try to have two, two careers. Going two, to yeah, it's not not going to work. So somebody's like, yeah, Yo, you can do a random tour, and you can do a Mayran tour, and you'll get different audiences each time. Like, <laughs> yeah, of 12. You know what I mean? Like, there's, that's not smart at all. A different, yeah, different tour that no one will ever want to play. You got, got those six that's down with this, and those six are down with this. Like, nah, it just doesn't make any you sense. You want to try to put them together? Nah. No. Nah, absolutely not. People ask, it, yo. They request certain songs. I'm like, nope, you got to come to the next tour for that. Like, nah, we can't do that as independent artists. So, so I realized that Mega Ran is random, and it right. just became a, an amalgamation. And this year was finally when I decided officially that I would be Mega Ran mm-hmm. and not random, because the AKA and stuff is a little too much, and it's just it's not always necessary um, for who I am. And random's not necessarily a Google friendly word. Yeah, it's like the definition of <laughs> of not like, Google, really. Like, and what's the opposite of SEO? Random. Random. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so as I started learning about that stuff, and people were telling me that they had hard times finding my music, and there's like four other bands on iTunes named Random. Really? And uh, like a boy band. There's a chiptune dude from Sweden. Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me all those people are you? They, I am not telling you that they're not me. That's for sure. <laughs> it's all a very elaborate ruse. <laughs> I am a boy band as well. It's as performance art. Like part of part of your persona <laughs> wants to be lost and not found. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of elaborate, though, um, you've done uh, a lot of different things to bring like a Mega Man experience to your rap show. You know, like you have like the arm cannon. Yeah. Uh, uh, played beats off of Super Nintendo, Famicom. Uh, Famicom. Sorry. All right now. Sorry. Get it right. Yeah, I do. I. I you don't have tons of nerd rage up in all your timeline. Don't yeah. do it. They don't. They don't care what I say. They, you know what I mean? <laughs> they don't like, care. They don't. They don't. Um, oh, they care. They know they care about you. Say, you better not make a mistake. <laughs> if you had agreed with it, then oh, they would have got. They would have got okay. over you. You right. But um. Like, what's the most elaborate thing that you've done to, like, kind of bring that experience uh, physically or visually into your show? Uh, the most elaborate was, um, I don't know, I feel like they're all pretty elaborate. I mean, there's there's some parts of it that are just tiny things. I originally thought about coming out full regalia in Mega Man, but that was just way too much. And So you would have been, like, tights? Like... Maybe like, uh, like the boots, the the arm, you know, shackles, and like a helmet at least. But like, no, I wouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> but um, I think not just bringing out the Nintendo as a piece of of the set as far as aesthetics, but learning how to program stuff that will play out of the Famicom. Okay, has been the most elaborate, and that's stuff that people probably don't even recognize or notice. Right. But now I have to learn new programs that will allow because it's, man, I think you have to get your music into such a small format to be able to play off of a Nintendo, you right. know? So because those cartridges just don't—they didn't hold a lot of stuff. I mean, it's like maybe two hundred K, like or wow. something crazy like that. And we were paying forty, fifty dollars for games, you know, that yeah. didn't have much to, to offer outside of that. But, um, but yeah, getting getting your music into such a smaller format, but still sounding lush and cool. Um, and so I've had some help from a lot of chip musicians um, with trying to create that experience. And um, and now I'm able to play an entire set just mm-hmm. off the Famicom, you know, with a uh, with a mixer and get everything sounding right. Uh, so I can play an entire set just running straight off of a Nintendo, which is like to me, 
the most elaborate right. thing that probably anybody that that represents that generation can accomplish on stage. You know, right? So you're you ended up in the nerdcore world to the point where a sizable part of your audience is in that world. Yeah. What is what is fun about having that as your audience? Oh, it's everything's fun about it. And uh, fun would have been the word if you would have asked me, hey, what do you think about that? Because mm-hmm. um, because we're able to take our cool off and have a good time. And um, I've spent years playing rap shows with the rap crowd, so to speak, where guys are kind of too cool to hang out. They want to stand on the wall. There's arms crossed. There's you type. You know, and you are you are right, you know, and yeah, still stick with it, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, stick, stick, keep keep it up. You, you know got a future in it. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time in that scene, and so it was a it was a really a breath of fresh air to see guys who aren't afraid to come to the front, aren't afraid to to dance the entire time, to move around a little bit, and to to sweat a little bit, and have some fun, and make noise, and and not necessarily have to be prompted for everything, you know, and. Uh, I've had some some shows where the crowd has completely surprised me with their level of enthusiasm. And I think that that has to do with playing in the nerd scene where these guys feel comfortable, you know, where they're in a situation where they're not feeling like outcasts at all. Because when they're surrounded by someone who's like them and there's someone who's like them on the stage. So it's community. Yes, absolutely. It's like going to church. You know, your Grammy, your granny doesn't do flips in the aisle at the supermarket. Right. But she does it in church. And you your know? fans, they do it at video game church. Rapping, rapping video game church. The church of uh, chip hop. Oh, which right. is what I've coined that I create, apparently. Chip hop. Chip hop. One of the smartest in the world. Amazing advancements within the fields of robotics. Money was no object, but he never felt the need to make a profit with projects. Had a best friend, Dr. Light. They could have changed the world if they stayed together. Friendly competition during the bitter rivalry. And one day it changed forever. Wally felt he'd done enough. But no matter how good he was, he was always runner up. Got sick of second place. Felt like it was Wally's turn to start coming up. The school held a contest. The show of technology and chart our progress. Wally and Light collaborated, but like all the accolades, wild press, I guess. Wally had enough for that. Are you not really trying to do like regular rap? show stuff anymore are you are you have you moved away i do it all the time i mean are you still i i do i played a show just last week our our send-off show before the uk was was a traditional rap style show because i love that it's where i came from okay and i still enjoy it how do you approach it differently when 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 it's that kind of crap i still do all the same silliness and they instead of them going you all right they're like that was actually dope. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, now I get that out of them, which is cool. I, I just feel like now I want to take them out of their out of their cool, their right. comfort zone. And so I still do the same thing. Like I said, I used to keep it separate and try, like, oh, I can't play this song for these guys. Right. And uh, there was a time in Philly when I was opening for Sean Price. And I think that's How long what, ago was this? This was 07, okay. 08. Yeah, that's when I was still living in Philly. And maybe 06. And um, Sean Price had probably just dropped his first solo. And um, and I was like, all right, I can't play any Mega Man stuff, so that is out. <laughs> and so I just played stuff from the from the previous catalog, and like three songs in, this dude was like, "Yo, do the Mega Man shit." <laughs> <laughs> you and know what we're like, here for, son? <laughs> and it was like this hardcore South Philly dude, and I was like, "Yo!" And that was when it kind of hit me, like maybe there is some some kind of crossover, like. You know, you listen to a Sean Price record, and the and the punchlines are 
you know, they're funny. Right. And there may there may be some references to eighties, nineties pop culture. Absolutely. And so it's a total it's it works. And so that's what showed me like, wow, if there's a dude in in this show full of hard rocks asking for Mega Man music, then um then maybe I can make this work. And so I just work on a happy medium where the music is is pleasing to me, first of all, and is able to um represent every every piece of what I come from, you know what I mean? Because the 80s were full of that stuff, and that's really where a lot of my musical inspiration comes from. So the fun is 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 in the community that you've created and the fact that, you know, people aren't trying to necessarily posture. They're coming there feeling free and ready to have a good time. Uh, what's, what's not fun mm. about that world? Uh, okay. What's not fun is the dreaded... I think it's eight words. I don't like rap, but I like you. Mm. Now, unpack that for the people. (laughs) (laughs) That's the not so fun because there are going to be people who, um, who admittedly are not hip hop fans coming to a show. And what I do when I tour, I purposely tour with hip hop acts, Mm -hmm. you know, because I come from hip hop and I love hip hop. So it's not like, oh, let me keep you guys away from hip hop. Like, like try to protect you from it. Right. Like, no, 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 I'm the only one. No, I'm the only guy who does this, you know. So I make sure to keep people involved and that that are, you know, that represent hip hop at at their at the root and essence of it. And um I guess there's a couple ways to take it, and I know they don't mean any harm by it, but when people come to me and say, I don't really dig rap, but I really love what you do. And I'm like, Hello, McFly. <laughs> That's hip hop. <laughs> you mean, know what I mean? Can you help to uh, underscore what's dangerous about a thought like that to people who maybe might hear that and not quite understand how um, how how that could be taken? Mm. Um, I don't know about dangerous, but it can. It's irresponsible thinking. It definitely is because I think breaking that down and thinking about what you say even as you say it you're saying man you're saying i didn't know that rap could be what fun thought-provoking mm-hmm. easy to listen to not intimidating or scary or whatever they're saying by saying that it's just saying that they haven't done enough research on hip-hop well you know what i and and i think uh it sounds like you give it a little bit more the benefit of the doubt because what's dangerous <laughs> yeah. to me about it is that um to me, it's not a person who's sounding like they're saying, I haven't done enough research. It sounds like a person who's saying, I already had my mind made up about all of this and all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends who look at it that same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and so, like, I just, I, I think people don't understand that, like, um, there's a certain there's a certain prejudice in there that can kind of encompass some things that go beyond um, how my music sounds, what mm-hmm. kind of experience we're having right then. Like there's a, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that can inform that opinion yeah. that I think are kind of dangerous. Okay. And I totally see that. I do. I do. I'm, I'm so much of a, you know, glass half full guy where I, I can look at it and they're like, yeah, you know, you just don't know, you know, it's cool. But yeah, I can see it could potentially be a dangerous way of thinking just because of that, where it's like, 
it's it's almost the you speak so well. Yeah, I think of, it's I think it's very rap. close to that. I think it's very very close to that. You know, it's like it's like saying you're one of the good ones. You're you know what I mean? Like wait ones. wait a minute, <laughs> like what does that what does that mean? I mean, so okay, you're a glass half full guy, but I mean, do you have troubles in in this in this industry? Is this a tough industry? I think. Um, I, I try to be so positive about it, but I only recognize it when people point it out to me, and then I'm like. Okay. Like what? Like the conversation we just had, or like when I do something great, like I'm feeling really good about a show, and I post a selfie from the stage or something, some cliche like that, and then, uh, and then someone points out that everybody's white. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, you know. Okay. And I'm like, come on, I did not notice that at all. You know what I mean? But then I look at the picture and I'm like, yeah. Did notice that now, you know. So, what what, did, what kind of feeling does that leave you with when you have those moments where you, where that's that's made clear to you? Um, it's it's cool, you know. But at the same time, I guess I wish I can always say that I wish that there was a, a bit more of a smattering or sprinkling in in the crowd. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, you can't necessarily control who is going to gravitate toward what you like. You know, um, I talk about my I don't want to say the word struggles because I think that's completely hyperbolic. <laughs> but um, <laughs> struggles of being a black nerd, I was going to okay. say. And come on, there's no, there's no real struggle in it. But, but at the same time, you know, I would like to think that there are more nerds of color, mm -hmm. and um, and uh, I would love to see them at the shows and things like that. Um, but I feel like we're still a little stigmatized and still trying to fight through what it means to be a black nerd and if it's okay and mm -hmm. you know and what but black nerd should be like act like listen to you know and uh and that's why i started a bit of a little collective called the npc collective which okay, is the, the nerdy people of color okay and uh it was just more or less a um just a safe space for people who are nerds of color um to come together to talk about things that they, they're interested in is it a website it's, there's a website, mpccollective.com, okay. uh, mm -hmm. as well as uh, a forum and play, and like a Facebook discussion group and things like that. Now that gets me into an interesting uh, place or a place to ask a question from, because I consider myself a nerd, but you know that makes me think about that that convention we played at in Canada, mm -hmm. yeah, and and how you know we were in. You know the belly of the nerd oh, beast. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, like you know it was all was nerdy the all the Sarlacc time. Pit of, nerd, <laughs> of nerddom. That's it another was, nerd um, reference. <laughs> you know it was all you know a lot of cosplaying. Uh, it was it was very immersive and and oh yeah and you know we were like staying in the hotel there and and I know you know you're right at home because this is like you know this is mm -hmm. your audience um, and I felt. Like, you know, when I performed at that same event that you performed at, that uh, as nerdy as I was, I wasn't uh, nerdy enough. I don't know, man. They loved you. I don't see it that way. Okay. Um, you, you felt a little more. My experience was more was just like, I am at this convention with the people who are at this convention. I'm staying where they're staying. I'm eating where they're eating. Yeah. I'm performing for them and never once feeling a part of it never once feeling like I had any kind of like relatability or except, and I'm you know I'm the hugest wrestling fan there is people walk around dressed up like CM Punk but I'm like I'm just I just don't feel um I feel like 
this convention, I don't know if this is all conventions, was like mm. a celebration of like the most extremes uh, of nerddom. <laughs> and I didn't find a place to like uh, to access it. Okay. Really. And it, and it, you know, uh, and and you talking about the NPC, it's got me thinking like, huh, like, is that something that I feel like I would find a place in, you know, mm. or or is, you know, like, what's the what's the barrier of nerd entry? Yeah, I, I you know, and I try to I try to keep that in mind because I've had a lot of people talk about it, and we say that um, you know the first thing I I mentioned to the guys that are are a part of it is like by nerd I don't mean necessarily the new Avengers movie like right, right. you know let's not let's let's take it a little bit deeper than this you know like hey Neil deGrasse Tyson might have said something really awesome let's let's discuss that right. you know what I mean and try to try to cover all facets of of nerddom so to speak. Um, and not just pop culture. And okay. I think that that's the very least lowest area that I, I try to focus on with this because there's a million other places that they can get that because it's literally nerd culture is now pop culture you know, right. to that point. So I try to go a little deeper. So I don't know. I feel like anybody can relate and, and find that thing that they're nerdy about. Mm -hmm. And if you came in and mentioned that thing, there would be someone right. who would also want to discuss that thing. Right. You know, so it's not like someone's like, get out of here, noob. Right. <laughs> we don't even talk about that anymore. <laughs> you know. The story of my life, I'm pouring it through the mic, and it's obviously something not everyone's going to like. I used to be so concerned with whose head I can turn, but the teacher had to quit before he had finally learned. It wasn't about the fame. It wasn't the accolades. I wasn't being a slave to any money I made. I longed for your respect, possibly more than breath, but I took the long step. Now I'm living with no regret. And it didn't come overnight My demons are overthrown Surfing the undertow And the blessings have overflowed Out on the open road Got me a running start Link's awakening Now I found me a hundred hearts I play a wonderful part Did you grow up Like kind of socially awkward At all? Was that, was that part of your upbringing? I guess I would say Yes um, I was All throughout school I was the only child Okay And so I think that that led to Some social weirdness growing up but um i was always very smart mm -hmm. i was uh, i was reading at two years old and mm -hmm. things like that and so when i would come into situations with school and, and places like that i had a hard time fitting in because um because of that and and i would i would wind up being ahead of most of my peers okay and they kind of looked down on that right and um at the same time i would try to be i don't know and i think i still do it now to a, to a flaw but I, I try to be everything to everybody uh-huh people mm -hmm. pleasing yeah, I'm okay. A people pleaser, and this started back then. It's like, all right, you're hanging with the the rough kids, then all right, well, let's let's be rough. Turn the rough up a little bit. Let's you know, let's you hanging out with with the geeks, uh, bring it down a little bit. Um, and so I would talk and you know and make fun of kids to try to fit in with those cool kids, and then over here, you know, I would try to defend those kids when they got picked on. So it was it was weird, but um. I've had situations where I would spend all my time talking to people, but I was also getting my work done. Right. And so they got in trouble for not finishing work, but I, I had, I was done my work when right. I started talking to you. <laughs> and so now they're in trouble and they're right. mad at me. Damn Jarbo, you got me in trouble. <laughs> you know, so that happened a lot and uh, just wound up isolating me. And I was just comfortable with being alone, you know, being by myself mm -hmm. as, a, as an only child. I have a blast by myself. Right. And I still do to this day, which is, um, which is going to change with me getting married soon. Right. But, uh, you ready for that? I, I'm ready. You ready I'm to ready. never be alone again? I am ready. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's it's time, man. You know, I've had I've had a lot of time to myself, but um, um I've definitely you, had that issue with that. Do you still feel socially awkward at all now? All the time. Really? Yeah. I'm super awkward. 
Oh man, and people don't even know it. Like, I mean, I couldn't tell. I was at a show last night talking to this guy, and honestly, I feel like I have a fear of saying the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and so or just saying something stupid. I feel you. And so, I got a threshold of about ten to twelve minutes that I can hold a really strong combo. Oh man, we're talking like merch booth type of conversation. Yes. Oh, I can't. All yeah, right, I have like I have a timer, a real strict <laughs> timer too, and it's like. It, it, uh, it's terrible too because like I can only sometimes I only have a strong thirty minutes for the whole night the and whole then night. somebody come take all of that all up of and then I'm just spent for everybody else. Yeah, like, you're just uh, like you in a buy zone. Like that was me last night. I'm talking this and this guy would not stop. Mm. And so we're getting really close to the fifteen minutes. He went over it, I'm sure, by by a long shot. But if I don't get up and go to the bathroom, yeah. I'm going. I feel like I'm going to literally die right in front of you. Wow. <laughs> like that's me, and that's my my anxiety is is real when it comes to that. Like, but see, you I know, can't. that's interesting too because you end up organizing community based on a bunch of people who probably feel that way too. Yes, and then you all just get together like short circuiting. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, see, we haven't done like a meetup yet because that would probably that's the way. But I go. feel like every one of your shows is a meetup. Yeah, I think it is. You know, but hopefully, you know, we can all balance each other out you know where if i give you five minutes or even 10 you know you can i can recharge and you can and then i can do that again i just need to recharge do you feel do you feel like your fans are sensitive to your need to do that i don't tell them so no they're Mm. not (laughs) i would i'd feel so you know the people pleaser in me is i can't be like you know what i need a minute i can't i don't know how to do that Damn. So I can say, I'm going to the bathroom. Or have you met my friend Mike? Yeah, yeah, you did that to me. <laughs> Last time I saw you, you did that to me. You really, you really, you you handed me a 20 minute merch book. Okay, conversation. I did not know that was going to go that yes, far. Yes, you did. No, no, I didn't. I didn't know it was going to go that far. I knew there was a talker, but I did not know a 20 oh, minute thing was he happening. He really, man, he was trying to teach me things oh. in a crowded, I mean, it wasn't crowded, but in a loud. <laughs> In a public in a, place, in a, in a loud, loud public, public place. place. He's, like, He's trying to teach me sound That's design. A good time right? to learn you sound design, I mean? <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, so do you? Do you make songs about uh, your social difficulties or your needs? Does that come out in your music? Oh, absolutely. And okay. um, I mean, Dream Master is probably the best example of that. What's Dream um, Master about? It's about. A boy okay. from the hood okay. who believed that one day he would do something cool. It's just kind of like the Mega Ran origin story. It's, it, it's totally the origin story, mm-hmm. but it's told through a third person. And it's funny that I was, I was just in Sierra of Aesop Rock podcast, and he said that he does that where you start be talking about yourself in a third person or he and he, he did this in order to just get away from just being all about yourself. Right. And um, And this was something that happened. And so because I did that, people come up to me and say, man, that was about me. Mm. You know, like, that was me, man. Like, and I'm like, nah, that was me. Like, no, uh, no, uh, it was definitely me. So to say this kid looked funny in school, that would be a colossal understatement. He had high water pants, Coke bottle frames, and a mouthful of orthodontic braces. First girlfriend was named Christina Perez. He took her everywhere. Now the boy's so cool, but she dated him on a dare and left him standing there without a clue. Man, kids could be so cruel. Just where people couldn't like the boy any less. 
around the same time Shorty got an NES Cause his mama felt this was the best way to keep him out of the streets So though they was penniless Only child so she didn't want an empty nest And it's a healthier addiction than cigarettes And so it began How did they escape the scene? He sat in front of that screen and chased his dreams That's definitely the, the Mega Ranch story in a nutshell She's talking about just uh, growing up you know rough in a rough area where and finding video games to be your only kind of solace and escape from that and um you know as as heavy as it sounds like with games literally saving my life you know i can go back to situations in philly where i've elected to stay home and play games and we were all playing a crazy tournament in tech mobile mm -hmm. and then the homies come by and say yo we rolling out y'all want to roll down down south philly or whatever and i'm like no, nah, man, we got two more games for the Super Bowl, man. We good. <laughs> and, and then something happens, and one of them winds up in jail or dead, you know? Yeah. And, and like, there's been several situations like that where I feel like I owe it to video games. And that's where, that's really where the Mega Ran story kind of comes from. It's just kind of giving back to that. I talked to MC Front a lot, and he was telling me that there's a lot of um, uh, things that he goes through that he feels like he cannot put into his work because he feels like the character of MC Front a lot it, like it wouldn't make sense for him to try to process some of the emotions that the real person Damien has I heard I, I heard that and I was I, I really I felt for him I felt really really bad when I heard that I was just like he's right though you know but at the same time I don't know if he is because he's creative enough to pull that in and and go and work it out in, in a creative means. So you've never had really had that kind of issue then? Nah, okay. man. Like, I, I feel like, you know, you lay it on the table when you get there. Like, this is who I am. You know, I started off, my first records are very emotional, private uh, conversations that I have in public. So songs like Dream Master, even when I wrote it, like, I was like, I can never perform this. Mm. Like, I can't talk about, you know, I can't talk about girls like not necessarily being interested in me or dating me on the dare or right. i can't talk about the kind of embarrassing the, yeah stories or i can't talk about you, the yeah. kids laughing at me you know and things like that i can't do that this is not hip-hop you know that's the first thing i thought but i was like you know what maybe somebody will relate to it mm -hmm. and it's in the third person so i can deny it if i ever have to hedge <laughs> <laughs> a bet a little I mean, bit that wasn't me no <laughs> no but um <laughs> told you it wasn't me i would have said i <laughs> no but um so yeah you can't you can't necessarily be afraid of that, but I think, I think Front might feel like he's he's kind of boxed himself in with the with creating the character, but uh, I don't know, man. Marvel Comics does it all the time, where these characters are reinvented, recreated, and they go in different directions. And ultimately, he controls that because I heard KRS One say something like, um, I think someone asked him like, you know, are you afraid of if you do this that people are going to look at it like it's not hip hop if you start singing or you start doing this and he's like i am hip-hop i can do whatever i want and it's still hip-hop right because it's me and i honestly feel like with mc frontline whatever he does and i think he said it too that it's nerdcore because he does it because he created the term right so therefore I, I don't think he has much to worry about and i i wish more artists could be more comfortable with with letting out those things because there's somebody in australia going through the same thing that would love to hear their hero mc frontline say it you know what i mean so i don't know how do you feel like the character of Megaram might evolve or change over time? Um, I think that the character of Megaram is going to be less, uh, I don't want to say reliance, but um, less reflective of video game culture and more reflective of an evolution of 
of music in general. Mm. You know, with the next record I'm working on, it's not video game um, inspired. Well, it's definitely game inspired, but it's not. There's no game samples, no game sounds that even sound like they would be on the game. So it's not eight bit at all. Not at all. Okay. But I did create eight bit versions of every track that I have on my Famicom. So in case I ever want to remix them in that style, but the but the subject matter will not match that. You know what I mean? It'll 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 only be for a just for an aesthetic change, but it wouldn't necessarily affect the music. Now wh so, why yeah. um that seems like a, the kind of shift that could bring about some anxiety in you. Oh totally. And um I'm really nervous about this new record. Okay. On one hand I think it's the best thing I've ever done. And I, it's I, finished? I, yeah it's done. Okay. Um it is the absolute best. Right now I'm trying to whittle the tracks down. I got I hear 23 you. really, really good records. Well that's two and, albums, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, it's two albums. And I want to break that down to like 15 and just put the others on the shelf. On okay. Ice. But I, I love it. And somebody's like, man, just make a double album. You know, it's just like, no, nobody yeah. wants a double album. No, today. I certainly don't. I mean, <laughs> nobody wants a double album. But I think double it's. Double stream on Spotify. <laughs> like, what? Uh oh. <laughs> I got three sevenths of a cent this day. <laughs> nah, man. But um, I I think it's it's the absolute best thing I've ever written and recorded what's it called uh it's called random all right which is going to really throw people off so okay <laughs> so you made random presents mega Ran. now you're gonna make mega Ran presents random yes That's this is beautiful. representing the full circle wow of life of growth now mega and this is mega Ran. But with no video games. Oh, yes. That's beautiful. Beautiful symmetry. Thank you. Thank you. So um, that's, uh, it's going to really, it's going to throw some people off. And it's, and it's a scary move for me. But I, you know, I've read that, you know, if a move makes you comfortable, then it's probably not a good move to make. Right. So um, the fact that I am uncomfortable about it shows me that it's, it's, it's going the right place. And um, yeah, and it's all about the, the, the underlying concept is that random meets Mega Ran. Mm. And Random is disappointed in Mega Ran for for letting people forget him, mm. and uh, so it gets a little deep. Kind of uh, cannabis bis versus rip thing. Going ah, on there a I didn't bit. know he did that, but he did. it makes sense. But he did it way too hard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he got really angry. He got really angry. For okay. Very long. It was like, wait a minute. Wow. Like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> it was inspired by uh, there's a play, uh, the meeting uh, where Martin Luther King meets Malcolm X. Okay. And it's a really really dope play, and it's just talking about what they would say to each other. And I was like, whoa, that's deep. And so, speaking of your uh, work being inspired by. Uh, literary works i wanted to give a shout out to you man because i always show this to people that metamorphosis joint. i <laughs> think you. that's so tight dude thank how you. you took uh, this well-known franz kafka story and made it into a great rap song it follows the story along perfectly technically you know <laughs> rap wise it's smooth and awesome and after all the fussing and squirming i woke up transformed into a monstrous worm and looked in the mirror i can't believe what i'm seeing an eight-legged bug i used to be a human being now this is a head spinner i can't go to work like this but can't stay home i'm the breadwinner so yo i'm getting back in the bed sooner or later we'll see that this was all in my head i can't believe what has happened Me 
it's just like the perfect example of how you take something that like on paper you go like that come out real corny <laughs> you know what I mean right and it just just nah like cause you could just listen to that song and not even know what it's what it's referencing. I got a lot of people that are like I never even read the book it kind of made me want to read it now yeah. you know and that's awesome like I thought and that's I just assumed that everybody who would listen to me would have heard it or if they hadn't, you know, it would make them kind of be curious about it. Because the story doesn't make any sense on the surface where you're like, why does this dude turn into a bug? Like, what the heck? Maybe there's another story underneath it, right. you know? And so I just kind of wanted to bring that out. And the video, I mean. The video is awesome. A guy named Max Isaacson knocked it out of the park. He's in L.A. now. Okay. You should holler at him. He's definitely amazing. Um, and, yeah, we did it in Brooklyn. And I, I showed up, and they had a, a warehouse where they built a set. And, like, I almost passed out. I was like, wait, you did this for me? You wow. built so that entire video was a built set inside of a inside of a huge warehouse. So, um, yeah, I had a blast doing it. And um, it's fun. I've done a couple of literary works. I used to teach literature. So I think that's a big part of me. And um, so I did, gosh, I did a, what was the one about the mouse? Flowers for Algernon. Okay. I did a track about that. And did I've a video also for that done, one too? No, I have not done okay. a video yet. Um, and I've also got a track about... Um, I know why the cage bird sings. Okay, the story of Maya Angelou, and um, and so yeah, I try to do one of those e either each album or like every other album, mm -hmm. just as a little bit of homage to where I come from as being an educator and being really influenced by by literature. It's tight, man. Well, when can we look forward to hearing a new album? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm thinking September. Okay, I have a really big surprise that's kind of connected to it. Okay, um, and so I'm working on a lot of other things like video game projects. And one of them seems to be a really big one that's going to come through, I think, in September. Nice. So I think it would be good if I follow that up with this album. So trying to work out the right situation. And I'm thinking end of September. Nice. So, yeah. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be looking out for random. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say to the people? All right, people. Yo, people. You listening? Okay, people. Um, put on a smiley face, you know? It um, it's way too stressful to walk around frowning because it's just not good for you. So, you know, you necessarily, and I don't necessarily mean walk around smiling all goofy at people. I think you should draw it on. But personally. you could draw it on. <laughs> but I think just being positive and projecting positivity can 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 totally lift someone's day. You know, if you hold the door for somebody, you know, give them a little smile or something, you could completely change their day. So. Try to inject a little positivity in your day. That is what I'll say. Oh, um, to all the guys who just heard that, don't, if, if a woman smiles at you, don't use that as an opportunity to harass oh. her. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can follow her down the street please, please and don't holler do that. at her constantly. Oh, we don't understand how and much we, ru like how we ruin smiles. Oh, like. my God. Yeah. Now, you know what? Now I got to go back and, and adjust that. <laughs> and don't go around telling girls to smile. Like, right. don't do that. <laughs> be a gentleman that's right be understanding smile you pretty smile <laughs> alright dude that's enough that's, um, that's enough also, of us can I, so can I do, yeah, do it, can it, I do it. call to actions uh, you can do whatever the hell you want alright well go to randombeats.net which is a site that I've just built and it will have a secret secret blurry look at my cover of the next album it's blurry on purpose because it will unblur as the weeks lead up to this album. That's so tight. I hope, so, I hope, I hope my vision stays around that long. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. So, yeah, go check it out. Um, 
it's it's a really really cool concept and um and the project's art has been done by a good friend of mine in the uk named daniel hill who's awesome so check him out on facebook at Danji's designs with a j also go to megaran.com check out whatever there is there <laughs> at that particular moment click on all the things and then um go eagles <laughs> go bears bye you know i played a song in the earlier part of the show actually i'm getting ahead of myself shout out to mega ran his twitter handle for a while was not meg ryan which i thought was the funniest thing in the world it's not that now but it once was and i will always remember that because I remember very important things only. Very, only very important things. I played a song on the piano or on my uh, 1978 Casio keyboard in the show's intro. And I'm tempted to let that serve as your promised free song. thought I had decided not to, but now I think I'm deciding that I am. <sighs> Funny thing decisions are. Anyway, I got music all over the place. If you want to hear me rap, it's not that hard. Put it in your Google machine, your YouTube machine, your Spotify machine. Pick your poison? a great phrase why would somebody say that to somebody like who is having casual conversation with someone they're attempting to kill I feel like only that guy from the princess bride who said inconceivable only him he's the only person telling someone to pick their poison and it's right before he gets foiled Andre tried to warn him Anyway, this was Secret Skin. I am Open Mike Engel. Go read this on iTunes. We're all about calls to action.